righty. Good morning, everybody. I hope you've had a good day already in the, in your small groups, I hope, this morning. Uh, if you're online, we want to say welcome. We're glad you're here and joined us to worship today. Amen. It is a good day, the, the day that the Lord hath made. So let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Uh, again, if, if, if you are a visitor with us, if you would uh, mind typing, uh, texting the word welcome to 704 Four five nine five five seven five, and that should be going across your screen online as well. If you're visiting us online, uh, type that word "welcome" and text it into us. We'd like to get to know you a little bit uh, and know how we can minister to you in in any way possible. So uh, do that, and we are glad that you're here. Welcome to New Hope Baptist Church. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Almighty God, we come to you today because you are God, because you are our Creator. Because you are our Savior. God, you've created each one of us today. You know our hearts, you know our needs, you know our wants and our desires. And Father, we pray that right now in this moment that our desires would turn to you. God, that our hearts would be longing for you. God, that it would be our desire to lift you up, to exalt your holy name, and to worship you this moment, this day, at this time. For you and you alone are worthy of our worship. And so, Father, today, hear our hearts and hear our prayers. Receive our songs, God, as, as acts of worship and praise to you today. Indeed, we love you, God. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who, who died on the cross so that we could have eternal life. We thank you for the resurrection that gives us that hope. And Father, today, if there's someone here that doesn't know you, that is unsure about their salvation, God, we know that you're coming back soon. And yet again, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. So God, today, may we make sure that our eternal fate is sealed in your hands. Again, Lord, hear our hearts and hear our prayers. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. This morning our hearts are, are hurting and grieving and sorrowful. We look at the piano closed today and the, the flowers today are given in memory of Janine Hart. Um, 38 years of faithful service to the Lord and on most of them on that set of keyboard uh, keys there. What is it that you're going through today? What, what are you facing in your life? Are you lonely? Are you hurting? Are you sick? Maybe it's, maybe it's fear, maybe it's anxiety or or just the uncertainty of life, the uncertainty of the world right now. Again, Janine loved birds, and so let me share with you in Matthew 6, 26. It says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Indeed we are. And if he knows every sparrow that falls, he knows 
the cares and the concerns on our heart. We're called to trust him in the storms of life, in the difficulties of life, and be reminded that, that when we're going through these times, you are not alone. Amen? He is with you, and he will sustain you in those times. Psalm 130, verse 5 says, I'm counting on the Lord. Yes, I'm counting on him. I have put my hope in his word. My friend, be re be reminded that regardless of what you're going through, you're not alone. You can count on Him. You can count on His unending presence because He and He alone is a faithful God that loves you and cares for you. Let's pray together. Everlasting Father, we... We humbly bow before your throne this morning. Once again, acknowledging you as our Savior, our Lord, our Redeemer. The one who was, who is, and forever will be. <clears throat> God, we worship you this morning because you are God and we're not. We worship you this morning because you are our Savior and we are the saved. <clears throat> God, we worship you this morning because you and you alone are worthy of our worship. And Father, your word tells us time and time and time again that your faithfulness endures forever. Your grace and your mercy. Oh, thank you, Lord. Father, there is great sorrow in this place. There is loneliness and grief and hurting and sickness. There is fear and there is uncertainty about tomorrow. So, Father, today we just, the best we can, Lord, just turn our hearts over to you. God, we lay those cares at your feet. And we are indeed reminded that no matter what the storm is, that you are there. That we don't have to face it alone. Lord, you will strengthen us, you will empower us, you will encourage us, and you will sustain us. Father, today I pray that our hearts would indeed be ready and prepared to meet you whenever that day is. Whether it's today, tomorrow, next year, whenever it might be or when you return. God, because we believe that you are coming back, because we believe we will stand face to face with you, God, give us an urgency to know you and to make you known. So Father, begin that work right now in our hearts as we continue in our worship with you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
You will go before me. 
and sing that again a couple of times. <laughs> oh, what a blessing, amen? And what a comfort that it is to be reminded that we're not alone in the battles of life, in the storms and the difficulties of life that, that come our way. You see on the front of your bulletin, the day of the Lord is coming. Indeed, it is. <clears throat> and the closer we get to that day, the more difficult the days are going to be. Amen. A lot more of what we see now is going to be exponentially worse than it is now. And so as we face life, it's going to be important that we remember and rely on God's presence during those times. <clears throat> as we continue in our series of this, on the series 316, the timing of the series, of the series and, and I guess where we are right now in the Bible and the messages of late indeed have been spot on, haven't they, as far as they relate to uh, what's going on in the world, uh, what our situation is in the world. Remember back a couple of weeks ago we talked about, we looked at Jeremiah 3 and uh, called us to repentance and to confession, to return to our first love, to return to the Lord. And then we looked at Ezekiel who challenged us to sound the alarm he was a watchman on the wall, remember that, and, and, and challenged us to, to let the people know that the judgment is coming to us, that Jesus the Lord is coming back one day, and we in our day have to tell our people of the coming judgment. And then last week we, we looked at Daniel and him in the, uh, the uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. And being reminded that we've got to take a stand for what we believe in. Take a stand for the Lord and do what is right and remain faithful to the end. Amen. As we learn that the Lord is with us as He was with them in persecution and in the tough times in life. Today our study takes us to the book of Joel. In the, bu in the book of Joel, God sees Himself as absolutely sovereign. Okay, nothing comes his way that he doesn't know about. And as much as it seems like the world is spinning out of control, that evil is winning and disaster looms on every corner, God knows and it's part of his plan. God knows about the coronavirus, about the rise of China, about the rise of the Taliban, about the demise of Christians, about the, the mandates, about the storms that are about to hit the, the, the Gulf Coast right now. He knows about the lies and deception and the corruption that's filling this world. God knows. Amen. God knows and God knows and He is still in control because He also knows that one day everything will be made right. Because God knows that He is God. Amen? Amen. 
when we look at the, in, in the book of Joel, we see he just lays it out. Uh, God does, and, and he's not afraid. He's not afraid to speak his mind. He's not afraid to call the nations on earth and, and, and to hold them accountable. He's not afraid to say that he's going to judge heaven and earth. His reaction to the unrighteousness is predictable and expected because he is holy and perfect and he demands that sin be punished. We see throughout the book, God doesn't mince words in the book of Joel. He doesn't sugarcoat the message at all. He tells us what we need to know. And that is that the day of the Lord is coming and we better get ready. We better get prepared. We need to be like Ezekiel and sound that alarm that the day of the Lord is coming and we've got to get ready for His coming. Let me ask you this morning, are you ready spiritually for that day? Are you okay with your spiritual life to say, come Lord Jesus, come now? Uh Or maybe for you it's, Lord, come tomorrow. I got to get some things right. Uh I got to get some things straightened out. You see, we don't know when that day will be. We don't know when, when the Lord will come or when He calls us home. We all have an appointed day, an appointed time to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. And on that day of the Lord, the enemies of Israel, the enemies of His people, the enemies of Jesus will not escape. They will not survive. He will bring judgment. Turn turn with me, if you will, to Joel chapter 3. And Joel is broken down, uh, Joel chapter 3 is broken down into, into three sections. In the first one where, where God announces judgment upon the nations in verses 1 through, through 8. And in 9 through 16, he describes the judgment. And then in the last part, uh, we see the, the ultimate restoration for those who return to the Lord. Those who are His children, we see the, 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 the final outcome is all good for His children. For me and you as believers in the Lord. In Joel chapter 3, it says, in, the, in those days and at that time, when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem, I will gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. There I will enter into judgment against them concerning my inheritance, my people of Israel. For they scattered my people among the nations and divided them up in, in my land. They cast lots for my people and they traded boys for prostitutes. They sold girls for wine that they might drink. Now what if you have against me, old Tyre and Sidon and all you regions of Philistia? Are you repaying me for something I've done? If you are paying me back, I will swiftly and speedily return on your own head what you have done. For you took my silver and my gold and carried off my finest treasure to your temples. You sold the people of Judah and Jerusalem to the Greeks that you might send them far from their homeland. 
See, I'm going to rouse them out of the places to which they, you sold them, and I will return on your own heads what you have done. I will sell your sons and daughters to the people of Judah, and they will sell them to be Sebians, the nations far away. The Lord has spoken. Proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Rouse the warriors. Let all the fighting men draw near and attack. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weakling say, I am strong. Come quickly, all you nations from every side and assemble here. Bring down your warrior, O Lord. Let the nations be roused. Let them advance into the valley of Jeho Jehoshaphat. For there I will sit to judge all the nations on every side. Swing the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, trample the grapes, for the winepress is full and the vats overflow. So great is their wickedness. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and moon will be darkened. And the, suns no, and the stars no longer shine. The Lord will roar from Zion and thunder from Jerusalem. And the earth and the sky will tremble. But the Lord will be a refuge for His people. A stronghold for the people of Israel. Then you will know that I, the Lord your God, dwell in Zion, my holy hill. Jerusalem will be holy. Never again will be foreigners and will foreigners invade her. In that day the mountains will drip new wine, and the hills will flow with milk, and the ravens of Judah will run with water. The fountains will flow out of the Lord's house and will water the valley of Acacias. But Egypt will be desolate, Edom a desert waste, because of violence done to the people of Judah, in whose land they shed innocent blood. Judah will be inherited, inhabited forever, and Jerusalem through all generations. Their blood guilt, which I have not pardoned, I will pardon. For the Lord dwells in Zion. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord Amen. for His mighty and powerful word. Like the other prophets here, Joel gives us a warning too. Joel is crying out to the audience and he's crying out to us. Judgment is coming. Judgment is coming, folks. And the overarching idea of chapter 3 is simple. That God will call into account everyone that rejects Him. Everyone who says no to the Lord Jesus will be held accountable. And once again, the message is simple. Don't say that you weren't warned. Return to me. We saw in Ezekiel, God knew that the people wouldn't hear, wouldn't listen to, to the prophet. But he was still ordered to go and tell so they would have no recourse That's right. for the people to say, I didn't know, it was no excuse because the prophet made it known. Here, the, the, the same is true. He's warning us today to warn other people that judgment is coming. Return to the Lord. Right. Even though even though they may not hear us, even though they may not want to listen, God still calls us to, to sound the alarm, to warn them that judgment Amen. is coming. <clears throat> we see throughout 
the Old Testament that, that, that God is serious about sin. So serious that only the blood of His Son, His only Son, could pay the price for our sin over in the New Testament. We see that the New Testament assures us that, that God is in control. God is a sovereign God that knows everything that's going on. And when the world seems out of control, we can trust in the Lord and persevere for the end is coming. We find in, in Joel chapter 3 where, where God summons all the nations to the valley of Jehoshaphat. The name symbolically means a place of judgment. And so he's calling all the nations in to the valley of Jehoshaphat. He's calling all the nations in to the valley of judgment. He's calling all the nations in to the valley of decision. Let me ask you, have you made a decision for Christ? It says in Joel chapter 3 verses 1 through 3, it says, In those days and at that time, at that time, what time? when those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So in those days, at that time, when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem, I will gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. There I will put them on trial for what they did to my inheritance, my people, because they scattered my people among the nations and divided up the land. They cast lots for my people and traded boys for prostitutes and they sold girls for wine. That sounds a lot like today too, doesn't it? When addiction to alcohol, drugs, and, and all kind of vices, you got pedophilia running rampant across the world. The idea here is that what happened during King Jehoshaphat's day is going to happen on the day of judgment. That God will destroy His enemies. It says in verses 9, 9 and 10 and verse 12, it says, The Lord has spoken. Proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Rouse the warriors up. Get all the fighting men and draw them near and attack. Jesus is saying, round them up, wake them up, get them out of their tents, bring them on. He says, beat your plowshares with swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let all the nations be roused. Let them advance into the valley of Jehoshaphat. There, I love this. Now he's inviting a war, okay? He's, war, he's inviting people to come at war against him. And what does he say? He says, for there I will see it. He is not afraid. He says, I will sit to judge all the nations on every side. Amen. Praise to God. That's the God that we serve. It sounds like he's taunting them to, to come and wage battle against him. Oh, come on down. Meet me out back. We'll go out back when y'all get here. But rather he says, I'll meet you in the land, in the valley of decision, in the valley of judgment. He tells them to get whatever arms you want, bring all the, the armies you want to bring, whatever weapons you want to bring. But it will not matter because God is confident in His victory. Amen? Amen. 
the day of the Lord will be a time of judgment. When all wrongs, how many of you have ever said this just ain't right? It's just not right for this person to get away with this or them to get away with that or this to happen or that to happen. Folks, on the day of the Lord, all wrongs will be made right. Amen? Amen. On that day. We may not see it in our lifetime, but one day the Lord will make it right. He says in verse 13, Swing the sickle for the harvest is ripe. Come and get, get you a visual, a, a visual in your mind. Come and trample the grapes for the wine press is full and the vats overflowing. So great is their wickedness. The wickedness is overflowing. And God, think about this. You know, when, when, when you have the, the grapes and the wine press, you're, in the old days they, they walked around and stomped all the juice out. Think about God doing that to his enemies, amen. God's going to squish his enemies just like those grapes in the wine press, amen. That's the visual that we have here. Our God is going to win. The valley of decision is going to be a surprise to a lot of people. There are those that, that outright have rejected Christ, those who have outright said, I'm, you know, I'm Muslim, I'm atheist, I'm whatever. But there's going to be a whole other group of people that say, I've lived a good life. I've done a lot of good things. I'm going to go to heaven. But God says nowhere in His Word that that's the truth. There are going to be people on that day that are going to be pleading with the Lord and the Lord's not going to hear them. There are going to be people that, that, that say, hey, I came to church. Hey, I gave... I gave money to the tithe. I, gave, I did all this. I helped with the old lady across the street. I did everything. Amen, but it's not going to matter. The only way we will enter heaven is through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. They're pleading voices. They're going to be out begging to the Lord. But Lord, but Lord, I, I did this. And their voices are going to be muffled by the roar of the Lion of Judah. Think about that. In Joel chapter 3 verse 14 it says, Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For that day, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of, of, of decision. All the nations of earth will gather in that place. It says the sun and the moon will, will be darkened and the, and the stars no longer shine. For the Lord will roar from Zion and thunder from Jerusalem and the earth and the heavens will tremble, but the Lord will be a refuge for His people, a stronghold for the people of Israel. And the, lion of the, king, uh, the lion is the king of the jungle, isn't it? Its roar is feared among other other animals, so will be the roar of the Lion of Judah. They will be feared by His enemies. It says it will be so loud that the sun and moon and stars, they will not be brave enough to shine. <laughs> the valley of decision, it will be a time of terror for those 
who don't know the Lord. But for those who do, those who do call on the name of the Lord, it says it will be a refuge. Think of uh, the, the Lion of Judah's roar will be a comfort to those who, and a sense of security for those who call on Him. Think of a, a lion cub that's lost, that's been separated from his mother. When that mother roars out, that baby knows where to go. That cub knows where to go, and, and it's to be a refuge for him. It'll be a place of security for that cub. Folks, when the lion of Judah roars, these little cubs are going to feel good. These little cubs are going to find refuge. His children are going to find refuge and strength. When we look at this, when we look at this story in, in, in Joel chapter 3, or Joel in, in general, and we look at it from a New Testament perspective, what can, we, what can we take from that? Number one, it's reaffirmed in the, in the New Testament that Jesus is coming back, isn't He? He's coming back, and He's coming back soon. And so we have to be on mission. We were made, okay, we were made to have a relationship with God. And in that relationship, we are, we are to mature in, in learning and, and applying God's Word to our, to our life, becoming more like Jesus every day. And so we're, we're made to have a relationship, we're, we're made to mature, and then we're also made to multiply. We are made to, uh, to, to, to make disciples. We become disciples to make disciples. We become disciples to bring life to other people, to share that life with other people. In Romans chapter 10, verse 14, it says, How then? Can they call on the one they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? From a New Testament perspective, we're just like the Old Testament prophets. We're to sound the alarm. We're to tell of His coming. We're to tell that we don't know when that time's coming. We just have to be ready. Don't be caught unexpected. Amen. How many times have you heard somebody say, oh, I never thought it happened to me. I never thought that it would affect my family. I never, I never expected it to happen. I never saw that car coming. I felt fine. I had no symptoms. You see, we, we know it could happen, but we, we don't believe it would happen to us. Amen. When tragedy strikes, it's always, I can't believe it. I never thought it would have happened. Well, see, there are going to be people on the day of judgment that are like, I didn't know it was going to be today. I wasn't ready. I didn't think my eternal state would be separated from God for all of eternity. You see, we, 
we know intellectually that, that Jesus is coming back, but do we believe that He's coming back? Because you see, if we, if we really believed that He was coming back soon, we would live our life a whole lot differently, wouldn't we? How would our life be this week if we knew Jesus was coming back next, next Saturday night? How would we live this week? What urgency would we have? Uh, let me just give you a hint. He might be here next Saturday night, okay? And so are we ready? Both my daddy and my, my uncle died with, with uh, <clears throat> double kidney cancer. Very, very rare. And so it puts all of his children at a high risk of, of having kidney cancer as well. And I believe and I live like that could happen to me. And so I go every, every year to the urologist and I have blood tests done and ultrasounds and scans and all of that done to take precaution because I know that it could happen. I believe that it could happen and so I'm trying to take the precautions that, that I can. But you see, if we really believed that we were living in the last days, our attitude and our actions would be a lot different than they are. We, we've got to stand up and, and take a stand to be counted among the group of believers. Amen, brother. Uh, Joel chapter two, 2 verse 13 says, Return to the Lord. Return to the Lord. Return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in love. Folks, there's no one outside the reach of God's grace. It doesn't matter how bad you've been, how far off the road you've gone, how far you've backslid. You're not outside of the reach of God's grace. Amen. And He wants you back. He's a loving God, a compassionate God, abounding in love, slow to anger. He's not mad at you. He just wants you back. He wants you to spend eternity with Him in heaven. Joel goes on in verse chapter 3, verse 14, and says that the day of the Lord is near. The day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. And maybe you're thinking, but but Pastor, I don't want to, I want to, I don't want to get involved with my with my neighbors. I don't want to get involved with my family and friends and, and co-workers. But have we sounded the alarm to them? Are there people in your workplace that, that you've just kind of skirted around because you know they aren't a believer, you, you know they, they don't understand what you believe, and you just had rather not have a confrontation with them or a conversation with them? Like we asked the question last week, how many people would spend eternity in hell because we did not warn them. Are are our family and friends, are our co-workers, our neighbors, are are they worth telling them? Are they worth a little bit of awkwardness? Because you see, everybody has to decide who they're following. You're either going to follow Jesus or you're going to follow the world. 
You're going to follow Jesus or you're going to follow yourself. It's time to decide. We, we all must decide about Jesus. And think about this. Pilate washed his hands of him. Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Who do you say that He is? See, it's it's time to decide, and we, we have to decide about God. God is the great I Am. He does not change. His beliefs do not change. His, his, his expectation of us does not change. He is a jealous God. He is a God of love. He is a perfect God. He is a God of justice and judgment. And He will hold everyone accountable. And so we've got to decide on Jesus. We've got to decide on God. And then we've got to decide on God's holy word. Do you believe all of His Word? Do you believe that this is His holy and perfect Word? Or do you pick and choose what you like? I don't like this page, so I'm going to tear it out. I don't like what that says, so I'm going to tear it out. Now, this is the Bible I like. Now, if you did all that, it wouldn't be nearly that thick. But are we picking and choosing what we want out of the Bible. Do we make it, do we make our lives a part of the Bible? Are we weaving our life, or are we weaving God's Word into our life? Do we believe it is God's holy and perfect Word, or are we picking and choosing, rationalizing what we believe? All Scripture, it said, is is inspired by God. And so we have to accept it by faith, all of it, from cover to cover, front to back. We're in the valley of decision today, and it's time to decide. It's time to make a gospel impact on our world, our little world that we exist in. It's time to decide to do that. It's, It's time to do what... What God is calling us to do, it's time to decide. And on the day of the Lord, we won't be able to hide. On the day of the Lord, everybody will be brought to light. Everything will be brought to light. And it's time to decide. You cannot hide. And the day of the Lord is coming. And people, we need to get ready for Jesus is coming and He's coming soon. Let me ask you this morning. Are you here this morning and maybe you're feeling lost or abandoned? Be reminded you're not alone. Your deliverer is coming. Are you here this morning and your heart has been broken? You're not alone. Take courage because your deliverer is coming. Are you here this morning and you feel trapped or backed up in a corner? You're not alone. You're not alone. God is with you. Your deliverer is coming. You're not alone. 
You're not alone. Your deliverer is coming and His name is Jesus. Your deliverer is coming and, and His name is King of Kings. Your deliverer is coming and His name is Lord of Lords. Amen. Your deliverer is coming and His name is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. My friend, your deliverer is coming. Persevere to the end. Be faithful to the very end. Your deliverer is coming and His name is the Lion of Judah. Your deliverer is coming on the day of the Lord. Amen. On that day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. That He is King of kings and Lord of lords. When Jesus came the first time, He stood before Pilate. Pilate washed His hands and sent Him off to be crucified. But when Jesus comes back the next time, Pilate will stand before Jesus. Amen. And judgment will be brought. And on the day of the Lord, every knee will confess Jesus is Lord. Verse 16 says, The Lord will roar from Zion and thunder from Jerusalem, and the earth and the heavens will tremble. And here it is. But the Lord will be a refuge for His people. The day of the Lord will be a terrible day for those that don't know the Lord. But for those that do, the Lord will be a refuge. Do you know the Lord? It's time to decide. It's time to decide because we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know when judgment will come. It's time to decide. Are we going to live wholeheartedly? We're going all in for the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got to decide. Will we be found cold or hot or lukewarm? And only you can decide that. Almighty God, we thank you, God, for the blessings of of knowing that you are our deliverer, that you are our redeemer, that you are the one who will be our refuge. Father, we have to determine in our hearts today if we're going to follow you. If our hearts are going to be cold, if they're going to be warm or hot, we have to decide. Father, for those that don't know you today, I pray, Father, that they would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. Lord, that that they would know on that day of judgment, on the day of the Lord, that they'll be able to find a refuge in in you, not be found in judgment, not be cast away. So, Father, if that person today acknowledges you as their Lord, believes that they are a sinner, believes that Jesus shed His blood on the cross for us, that God raised Him from the dead. God, if they put their hope, faith, and trust in in You, they'll be saved. Father, for Your children that are here, 
What is it you've called us to do? What decision do we need to make? How do we need to come before your throne in repentance and confession? Reaching out for help. And God, we thank you today that no matter where we are in life that you're walking with us, that we're never alone as your child. Father, whatever you've put on our hearts, may we respond back to you in a way that's pleasing to you. And so hear our prayer, O Lord, and hear our hearts. For it's in Christ's name we pray.